Welcome to today's podcast show. We have Steve, Natalie, Megan, and Charity, and the topic today is hope. And Natalie is going to start us with a story of hope that we can all relate to in our own lives, yet hopefully not as deeply as these people went through. I heard uh, this story recently from Admiral William McRaven, and he described Hell Week for some Navy SEALs. And so Hell Week is six days with no sleep, with constant physical and mental harassment. One of those days, Wednesday of Hell Week, included a day at the Mudflats. It's a place between Tijuana and San Diego. It's some mud sluice. And so they went to the Mudflats with the intent of staying there for 15 hours, were ordered into the mud, so they were up to their necks in the mud, so only their heads were out. And as the sun was setting, the men were told by their instructors that if just five men would quit, then they could all get out. And they had already been in for a number of hours. Only five had to quit. And so it was obvious that some of the men were considering it. They had been in there. It was miserable conditions. It was freezing. The wind was blowing. The men were whimpering and moaning because of the cold and shivering. And it was miserable. And so during this time when these men were considering quitting, they were freezing and going through this discomfort. Out of the blue, one man started singing. And he was terribly out of tune. And then another voice joined in, and then another voice joined in, until eventually all of them were singing. Now through this, the instructors were telling them if they didn't stop singing, that they would be punished. But they ignored the instructors. But this strengthened the resolve of all of the men. And so none of them quit. They all lasted the 15 hours through the night in this freezing mud. So this just showed the power of one person to make a difference. So this one man was able to change the situation for the entire group of men. Then he likened it to other great leaders that we've experienced in our nation's history. One man or one person, one individual who, who changed the course of the lives of thousands of individuals. Some of those are Washington, Lincoln, King, Mandela. There's many, many more. So this man did for these Navy SEALs and then we all have the situations in our own lives where we can be that one or where we've seen that one person who changed the course of situation for many people. I think that's a fantastic story. I just met someone last week who is in a phenomenal program. She was the mother of a Navy SEAL. He was a Navy SEAL for nine years. And this past spring, he was doing a demonstration on the East Coast and his parachute didn't deploy. And then the second one got caught and didn't deploy and he fell to his death. But the thing that was amazing to me is the hope that I saw in her. She told me she's running for a position on the Western Slope right now. And she said, it was my son's hope in the work that I do that keeps me moving each day. And it's his memory that I want to keep alive. And when she showed this picture, he had the clearest eyes and the biggest smile on every picture she showed me, a whole bunch. And I think hope can go from this life to the next life. I think that's amazing because without it, it's pretty miserable. It kind of reminds me of a few months ago, there was a situation where the president had made that phone call to the family members of those folks that had passed away. And his chief of staff came out and, and had this big press conference. And he said, those guys died the way you honor them. is You know, you, you talk about their sacrifice. But he said, those guys died doing exactly what they wanted to do. So don't feel bad for them. Don't feel as if they're somehow victims in this whole situation. 
Obviously, his life was cut short, but I think it's pretty cool that the mother of this guy is using her son's life as motivation for her to pick herself up and continue moving on in these meaningful ways. I also think the aspect of singing is an interesting one, too, for a couple different reasons. In the military, obviously, that was a pretty unique situation. But when you march or when you're running, you've got cadence and cadence songs. And we call them moto songs a lot of times. I mean, some of them are silly. But when everybody's dragging and you're hot and tired, your feet are blistering, all of a sudden you find new strength when you've got song, which is kind of a bizarre thing, but it's very human. And of course, you know, Paul in prison was singing before the prison gates were open there. So I just think when you're down and out and the circumstances seem like they're stacked against you, all of a sudden there's solidarity in song. I love that. Well, people believe in symbols too. If you think about China, in 1989, Tiananmen Square, there's one guy in front of the tank. And there are millions of people looking at that guy and saying, that guy represents what I want. He is the symbol of the struggle against the Chinese government. And not that the Chinese government has really improved a lot, but they understood that they had to make changes in order to maintain their political party's power. China is, is not a, a great example of freedom in anybody's book, but that one guy remains a symbol from 1989. It's a powerful picture. Every time you see it, it's just stirring. Yeah, So and, there, and there's examples of that throughout the country's founding. I mean, I know Charity has some examples of what happened in the American Revolution. So just think about the fact that a small group of civilians are getting together to fight the greatest army in the world. They had to have hope. When our founders came together and those who were writing the Declaration of Independence went into hiding because, how does it go? If we are caught, we're hung. So we could either hang alone or we can all hang together. They definitely had to have hope. There's no way that you would go up against the greatest army in the world and found this beautiful free land without hope. And because of that, we're here today. I love how Benjamin Franklin brought his own personality, his diplomacy. I love how John Hancock signed his signature, the largest, because he wanted his name to be remembered and he wanted the British king to know who he was and that he wasn't going to back down. It took, it took exactly. It took spunk. It took hope, and each one. I wonder what Mrs. Hancock thought about that. You know. Good question. <laughs> She's probably like, "Oh no, no, <laughs> John." Yeah, Abigail Adams. The hope that she held in the majority of her married life, not being with her husband because she had hope in this new nation and in the work he was doing. And I was just rereading some of her words and the mourning that she went through as she missed him, but she wouldn't change it for the world. And she said that because she had hope. So are you hopeful this morning? And if you are, what are you hopeful about? You know, it's really funny because going back to song this morning when I was doing my morning studies, I was like, you know, I think I want to do the majority of it in song. It filled my heart and it got me ready for a meeting that I wasn't sure how it was going to go down. And I walked into that meeting thinking, I feel full of hope at this moment. And so this is going to be great.
great regardless. And that was super helpful. But you're always optimistic, right? I mean, I've never seen you in a situation. I'm sure it happens. It I've just never been around at that point. And I'm, I'm also curious, was it Handel's Messiah, all four parts? Or? <laughs> yeah, no, it was Celtic Women. Okay. And some of the other ones. Their Christmas concert. What are you hopeful for this morning? I guess I'm thinking about whatever comes to mind first. I'm also an optimist, right? And I don't know why. It's probably not based on anything real or tangible. But I, I have this sense that tomorrow is always going to be better than the day before. Where does that come from? I don't really know. I don't know. And and I think that's true whether it's for my family or country, whether that's for work or finances. Tomorrow's going to be better. As awesome as 2017 was, 2018 will be even better. And of course, you have huge disappointments and setbacks along the way. But for some reason, those are always minimized. And you, at least I tend to focus on all the, the blessings along the way. So I'm hopeful in general for 2018. I think it's going to be an exciting year and filled with new challenges and opportunities. No, I think that's great. I'm that way too. I, I have a tendency to minimize past disappointments and difficulties and say, It'll, this is going to be great. I mean, no matter what this is it could be terrible but I mean it could be great if you go into something with a good attitude I mean part of its attitude part of its you know thinking about I'm renovating a room and I looked at it and I thought I can do all this nothing is beyond my skill set and of course that's ridiculous right but at the same time I went into it thinking okay just take one step at a time. How do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. Mm -hmm. So you'll get there. It just, mm -hmm. see how it goes. And I, I'm hopeful that it'll be done on time. And, and the same thing with, with everything else. I have a good feeling about whatever it is. And well, if it turns out poorly, then pick yourself up and try it again. And we didn't really define what hope is. And maybe, I don't want to take this in a, a different direction, but, but where does hope end and optimism start? Because that can kind of, one can kind of feed into the other. And I have a seven-year-old at the house right now who hasn't learned that your attitude is driven by you. And this is my oldest, so I'm navigating new waters here. And, you know, some minor thing happens, and all of a sudden she's got this terrible attitude. And I'm not saying she's without hope because of some minor thing that happened, but she'll get this really bad attitude for 30, 60 minutes. It's like, hold on. Now, look at all the things that you have to be thankful for and why today's going to be great. I asked her, how was today? Well, it was bad because so-and-so on the playground pushed me down when I wasn't looking. And that defined your day. I'm that not sure. <laughs> but I'm sure as a mom, and you have kids older than me, uh, Charity, how do you instill hope in your kids? Honest? Yeah. Because <laughs> I've had the same thing. Have and you? by the way... According to Webster's 1828 Dictionary, yes. which I find way more reliable, <laughs> it's <laughs> confidence in a future event, the highest degree of well-founded expectation of good. Oh, cool. Yeah, that is good. That is good. I see why you go with the 1824 version. 1828. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have my kids write in gratitude journals because we run into the same thing. Oh, you do? I totally do. I have them write down things they're grateful that. for. And it makes such a difference. Does it? Oh, night and day. Otherwise, as a child, there are certain highlights in your day and often they're negative ones because you're trying to learn about this world. Yeah. And I got tired of it. Yeah. Okay, so. well, that's good. I'm, I'm taking that. <laughs> well, when you're a kid, everything seems amplified. 
because that's your your whole world. You know, as an adult, we've learned how to navigate challenges that kids haven't yet. So kids look at something like getting pushed on the playground, and that's enormous. It's just, it, it crushes your world. It's over. I can't even stand it anymore. And it's not a thing, but they right. don't know. They haven't learned how to navigate that yet. They haven't learned to deal with it. But maybe from uh, an adult perspective, there are adult equivalents to getting pushed in the playground and that we make to be, you know, just these life-changing events that really aren't that big a deal. Looking back three years ago from today, can you say, this was a terrible episode, whatever it was, you know, a relationship issue or financial issue or spiritual dry season and then all of a sudden, you don't even remember it sometime later. So I think perspective is good. And then obviously looking to story to, to remind ourselves why we ought to be hopeful for the future. Doesn't everybody say, you'll laugh about this later in your life. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, six months later, you're laughing about it. Right. <laughs> Easier to do later. Much later. So it's hope. Yeah. yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. That's funny because I was thinking, someone asked me recently how I was doing physically. I'm like, I'm fine. What are you talking about? And we're like, stop joking with me. And you forget, right? I had scarlet fever. I had recently, you know, had sprained my ankle so bad it looked like it was broken. And my knee had torn some of the cartilage. And I'd forgotten because the time has passed and it's better now. And because if we have hope, we just kind of move forward, right? I think the key to hope is having a bigger picture than ourselves or the moment in which we are experiencing. And so for many people, myself included, that translates into religious beliefs or a belief of a higher power or a higher purpose in life. Something bigger than this day. You know, I look at each day with my family as it's not just a day to get through and these are my to-dos and these are these things. But I'm shaping their lives and I'm shaping their hopes. I'm shaping their attitudes and I'm teaching them these things, which we all do these things. But it's not just to get through this day. It's not just to be financially successful. It's not just to have good grades. It's not for these purposes. It's for these higher ideas that I have, which instill hope within me. And so to me, a relationship with God is what defines hope in my life. Because I feel like God is the one who makes it so I can get through these difficult situations. And so the God I believe in may be different than the God you believe in. But to me, having a personal relationship with God changes everyday life into meaningful life. And mm, yeah. into life that is hopeful with death and with sickness and with pain that there's purpose. And that there's a reason for these things. And I think that's what creates hope for me is knowing that there's a reason for all of this, the good and the bad, there's a reason for it. There's this higher purpose. And so whether or not you agree with my definition of what that higher purpose is, I think the key to hope is finding that within yourself and knowing what is the higher purpose in your life or who is relationship with God in your life or, or what does that do in your life? Because it changes everything. It changes the perspective. Yeah, I think it's impossible to be hopeful about this life if you don't have hope in the hereafter. I was talking to my father uh, some time ago. We were talking about this. We were talking about the rise of atheism and agnosticism in our country. And he, he said, I don't know how they get through it, which kind of brings back the old Marx statement about religion being the opiate for the masses. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I just don't know how you get you get through the day thinking that your 76 years here on the planet 
can be the end or purposeful. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I think there's that's probably why there's a lot of mental health issues and a lot of people searching for meaning and doing all sorts of crazy things, trying to find peace, trying to find hope, trying to find something to cling on to and believe in mm -hmm. because they don't have that. Well, we've all had difficult situations in our lives. I've talked before, my son had significant health issues. You know, everybody's been through job loss, through death, through different things. Sometimes we don't have anybody to go through the holidays with and we're by ourselves for a time. Or sometimes we are going through difficult circumstances. We all have been in those situations. And so I know in my life that I have hope in my relationship with God and that he wants a relationship with me. So how about you guys? What, what brings you hope? What do you personally you hit the nail on the head. I mean, because there are smaller hopes that you can have, but oh, those yeah. are short-term hopes. Without the longer-term perspective or the cosmic perspective, then all the other hopes are kind of meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Well, I imagine, I don't know, I can't speak for atheists nor agnostics because I'm not one, but from what I understand, they still believe in a purpose to their lives. It's just not endowed oh, yeah. from a higher power. However... You have to have some idea or some thought that I'm here for a reason. I, I am here to do something. I have something to accomplish. So whether that's your life's work or whether that's raising your children or whether that's taking care of others or whatever the case may be, then whether or not you believe in a higher spiritual power, I've had a lot of health issues and so I figure I'm still here because God wants me to do something. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. I'm doing it. I'm trying to do my best. I figure maybe he'll call me home when I'm done, but I still think that everybody's got a reason that they're here, and a lot of people believe in that, and that's what keeps them going, whether or not they believe in God. Some people believe that their relationship with God and, and the fact that they are made in God's image is one of the things that they look to as their reason for hope, for, for being. Some people have a specific task in mind or a set of tasks, and other people believe that it's all about the discovery. I, I got to find out why I'm here. I don't know. So there's, I think there's a wide range, but I think you're right. People have to look forward to something or they have to believe exactly. in something that they're doing here. If it's just all asteroid making its way through the cosmos and it's time plus matter plus chance, how is that meaningful? It's not purposeful. It's just plus how is it randomness. If it's all about you and only you, it's the same thing you're saying. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know that any of us can... Speak to that since none of us are atheists nor agnostics. Yeah, but it seems like you want to spar for a second. Well, I don't. Far be it for me to argue with you. <laughs> oh, please. It's like the story of Anne Frank. It makes me think of her story so much because she had to have hope living in that half room that was hidden and only being able to go and check out the window at safe times every very rarely. She found hope in, I think, the exploration of life and in learning from her dad. And he had hope in family and he had hope in a God. And her story is so phenomenal because to be so young, a young teenager, and yet be able to make it through is, until the concentration camp and be able to leave a record of what it was like to be a teenager and have hope was incredible to me. So I guess the takeaway is, well, there's lots of takeaways, but what can you do in your own sphere to be that voice of hope, to be that song to the group around you, to lift and to give hope, to transform the situation? 
Well, you, I think you certainly have to be hopeful yourself. You can't yeah. you, you can't provide hope to somebody else if you're down in, in the doldrums. But that, again, kind of comes close to both optimism and pessimism and realism and all that stuff. And, and in my experience, if I start thinking about you know, the things you consume and the people that you're around can immediately have an impact on, over your own state of mind, either for good or for bad. And so I think you have to be careful about the things that you're watching, the things you're listening to, the people that you hang out with. If you're feeding your mind with the positive, uplifting things, it's easier to be a positive and optimistic person. Well, you can encourage others too. So, you know, if I see you going through a bad time, then I can say, you know, what can I do to help? Or, you know, invite you out for coffee or give you a call to see how things are going or whatever. Or if you surround yourself with people that you care about and then you can build that network so mm -hmm. that you don't feel like you have to go through things by yourself. So hope, where do you feel hope today? <laughs>